Amen. Well, uh, I got accused by Brother Josh of being a crybaby the other night. So we're going to <laughs> we're going to try to avoid um, the long farewell speech. But I, I am so thankful uh, to be in this body. Uh, I wouldn't know the Lord if it wasn't for our pastors in this church. And so that is something that I think we should um, be thankful for. Uh, who I am today in Christ is di- a direct result of our pastors and, and this body. And there's just nothing that you know, will ever happen in my life that will make me forget that or not be thankful for it. So I, uh, I'm so glad to be a part of this and, and who everybody here is. Um, just a quick, uh, we're going we're gonna to try to stay together for a little longer on, on Sundays. Um, we're going to meet here at 2 o'clock. And we're not going to do a long church service. We're going to meet and pray for each other. And we're going to maybe sing a song or two and do some devotional uh, type of teaching. And we're going to do that um, probably until early February. So it looks like my job, I'll be here until then. I think Dustin will be here until then. And so we're going to try to meet on Sundays. And that gives everyone a chance to, to find another church, to go in the morning somewhere. Um, we won't be having a night service. We're just going to meet for, for around an hour. And uh, we'll also collect offering. If anybody's wanting to continue to support EOC Ministries, we'll handle that for you. Um, so we're going to be here for that. And uh, I, some of you that can, be great to have you praying with us and, and, and be with us. And, and if you can't, that's okay. We, uh, we love everybody. And we just want to open that. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew what, what uh, Dustin and Josh and I, what we want to do. And I know Isaac, as he can be a part unless his uh, job makes him go early. But we're really um, excited for that. <clears throat> I want to give you a word tonight. Uh, This is our last Wednesday night, and it's kind of seasonal. Um, You know, we don't don't teach that Jesus was born on December 25th. We know that. But there there is this idea of peace that really begins to um, uh, be spoken about and talked about during this season. It's a season of giving. We talk about seasonal giving. We talk about peace. We always hear about peace and goodwill toward men and some of these things this time of year. So I want to talk about Prince of Peace tonight. Go to Isaiah 9-6, very familiar setting, and just mark it in here. I I saw some things. I hope it blesses you. It's helped me. Isaiah 9-6 says, for unto us a child is born. Christmas season verse, right? Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I always hear this verse and I hear about peace. And, and, and there's an English definition for the word peace. And, 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 I, and I wrote it down because I, I thought it was this. I thought peace was the absence of conflict. Anybody like me kind of feel like that's what peace is? You're always saying, I want peace in my home. I want peace there. What I'm really saying is I want my kids to do what I say and be quiet. I want peace in the home. Since Sandy and I have have been apart 10 days, I have been in a home that is nothing but peace. Mom and dad's house is peaceful. I was sharing with some people, I said, I love the retired life. I dinner at 6, Wheel of Fortune at 7, Jeopardy at 7.30, bedtime at 9. Oh, man, it is glorious. There's a lot of peace. I love it. I actually love being with mom and dad. They cook good, too. 
But it's not, peace in the scripture is actually not talking about an absence of conflict. And so the definition that we give it in English, we say it's freedom from disturbance or tranquility. Anybody ever heard of tranquility? There's this thing about inner peace. There's these mystical religions, and, and even in the Christian church, they're praying for inner peace. Well, the fruit of the Spirit is peace, so I've got this tranquility. I am just calm. You know, it's just go to a commune, go onto the mountain somewhere, and, and just there's no distraction, and there's no conflict, and I feel so good, and I've got this peace. Guess what? The biblical peace is not this definition. The other one is a state or period that there's no war, that war has ended. Guess what? As long as we're in flesh, there's a war every day. You will not have an absence of war as long as you walk around in this flesh. One day, you're going to be with the Lord. One day, we're all going to be with the Lord, and there will be a ceasing to war. But until then, you are going to fight. You're going to battle spiritual powers and, and principalities and darkness every day you walk in this flesh. So the Prince of Peace cannot be talking about tranquility, inner peace, absence of conflict, or a lack of war. That can't be what he's talking about. Shalom in the Old Testament. Everybody heard that term? Shalom. Peace. That's peace. It means soundness and completeness. Now, we have this Greek word in the New Testament that, that's teleos, and we know that that is the, the end, or we use the word perfect. The King James will say perfect. And teleos is talking about a finality, a closure, a completeness, an ending. Shalom has a similar kind of meaning in just completeness in your life, fulfillment. There's a soundness. There's a, a total health and wellness to your mind, spirit, and a state. That's actually what shalom. So when the Jews would say shalom, and they say goodbye with shalom, or they would use that term, they're wishing you well-being in all facets of your life. They're actually not saying they hope you never have a challenge or a trial. They're saying we're hoping for a completeness in your life. So I started looking into this, and if you, if you looked at Exodus chapter 21 and 22, we're not going to go there. It's a lot of laws. We'll be reading about a lot of laws. But there's some terms in there that use shalom. 14 times, it's the root word shalom. It's an A-M instead of an O-M. And it uses the root word of it 14 times when it talks about making right, making full restitution, making good when you've wronged somebody, stole something, hurt someone. It's shalom. Make it right. Pay it back. Restoration is the term. So you're looking at what Moses is laying down, and it's a sense of fullness, completeness in all areas of your life. Genesis 43. Go to Genesis 43, verse 27. i got to prove to you this because you all are like, I'm pretty sure it just means no conflict. There's a scripture about Joseph. Joseph, and I don't want to tell the whole story, but we know that some of you who haven't been in church, most of you have been, Joseph was the favored son of, of Jacob named Israel, and, and Joseph sold into slavery. He ends up becoming the second in command in Egypt. He is number two in charge. And a great famine arises in the land, and he's got to take, he, he's in charge of, he's got, there's a whole bunch of backstory. Joseph gets a dream. He, God tells him how to save the people and, and, and keep grain and food. And now we come to this part where Joseph's family is starving. 
They're in a famine. How good a peace is that? You know, I mean, Jacob loves the Lord, but, but he's in a famine. They're starving, and, and they have to send, he sends his sons to Egypt, the land of sin. He sends them to Egypt to try to get bread because he heard there's grain there. And Joseph asks this question. He's talking to the brothers, and he says, about their well-being, shalom. Is your father well? Shalom. The old man whom you spoke, is he alive? And they answered, they said, your servant, our father, is in good health. Shalom. And he is alive. It means more than just there's no problem. There's a famine in the land. They're challenged. They're, Joseph knows his father is missing his son. I mean, Joseph was the favored son. There is, there's most likely some hurt in, ja in Jacob's life. Sorry, his father Jacob's life. There's hurt there. There's loss. But yet, he uses this word shalom, and they answer, they know he's well, as well as can be in the Lord. Outside of Jesus Christ, outside of the Lord, there is no completeness. There is no wholeness. There is no ability for restoration with God. So it is impossible to have biblical spiritual peace. We see in our world today, wealthy people, we see people that seem to have everything figured out, and they have no conflict. They've got all the money they need to pay for things, and yeah, i got to be honest, there's times that that looks like a pretty good life, amen? You're like, man, if somebody came into my doorstep with a million dollars, I'm not saying no. You're like, whoa, I can pay all my bills and then get more, but <clears throat> there are people that are very wealthy, and they seem to have everything figured out. No problems in their family, you know, everything's good and right, and well, that's tranquility. There's some calm there. But you'll read about these same people later on, wealthy people, athletes, actors, musicians, who go and commit suicide, who blow their mind on drugs and alcohol because there is no peace outside of Jesus. You can't be whole. There's no way to be complete. So when we say, and it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine because I do it myself, I'll say somebody's doing really good in their life. I've got... You know, a, a friend or a family member, my cousin is one that comes to mind. They'll ask, how's your cousin doing? Oh, he's doing really good. He's working hard. He's, he's serious about a girl. Wait a minute. He does not have the completeness of God in his life. He's walking away from the Lord. He's struggling to serve Jesus. He's not in his well-being. I can't answer, how's your father doing? He's doing well. I can't say shalom. He doesn't know God. I can't use that word. I can say that he's working hard. He's not a deadbeat. He's not a bum. But that's not the same thing. The truth is that every human being, everybody without the prince of peace has no peace. They don't have it. There's a famous scripture. I, we got to go here because my brain does this. I, I know Jesus is the prince of peace, but then he's got this scripture where he says, I didn't come to bring peace. So let's go to Matthew chapter, chapter 10, verse 34. It just makes me concerned. I'm like, well, Lord, if you're the Prince of Peace, why are you speaking that you're not? Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. The, the word that I feel like really stands out is on earth. I didn't come to bring peace here. 
there is this Greek word for peace now. It's, it's, it's iro. And, and, and this has a different grammar to it. But, but this word also, it, it means completeness. But, but actually, it means to join or tie together in a whole. It's, it's peace, but it's joining and tying together as one. I did not come so that you would tie together to this world. I didn't come to bring peace for you to, to join in wholeness with, with the earth, with culture, with this life. It encompasses this whole thing. And I didn't come so you'd have perfect peace with your family. I didn't come. I came to set against. So you keep reading mother against daughter-in-law and, and father against son. And, 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 and he, sets that he says, I come to set a man against one another. This, this sounds opposite, but it's not. Because we're not here to tie together and join together to any unbelievers. We love people. We love our family. We love our friends. We preach. We reach out. We, man, we are trying to get the gospel to them because they are absent of peace without Jesus. But the Lord did not come to bring a unity for me and the world, including my family, including my job, including culture. That is not the peace we're looking for. That is not the unity, but there is a unity for the body of Christ in the bond of peace. Because in the Spirit now, what's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Peace. Not absence of conflict. Not stopping the battle. But this idea of being joined together, being knit together in the wholeness of the Lord. That is what peace is about. That's what the Lord's trying to bring us. I'm going to bring the sword, though, because you can't tie into the Lord unless you're separated from the world. You, you can't get to Him. You, you can't be a part of Him in this wholeness, in this true peace, unless you're separated. And the Lord is the one who does the separating. It's His Word. It's His Spirit. He's going to use this to show us you've got to detach. You've got to set yourself against how many remember when, when his mother and his brothers came while he's preaching and they, they come to the disciples and, and the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Lord, your mother and your brothers are here. And he says, who are my mother and brothers and sisters but these obeying the word of God? Now what's amazing is when your brothers and your mother and your sisters also serve the Lord. Man, there's such blessing in that. Because now we can be one in the Lord, but you can't have peace with them. It's not, op it's not even an option to have true peace with them unless they're in Christ. There's always going to be an enmity. There's always going to be a division there, and there should be because the Lord brought a sword. Verse 38, he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses it for my sake will find it. This word worthy, it's, it's not that, that you can't do it. It's just you're incomplete. It's just not possible. If you can't do this, you're unable. If you find your life here and you tie yourself here and everything's about this life and, and the comfort of the family and the friends and the money and the stuff and retirement and the home, if that's what we're about first and foremost, then we cannot be at peace. We will lose our life to this world. 
Christ is togetherness, becoming one with him. I find this amazing, that the Lord even offers a restoration, a shalom of peace, to restore in wholeness back to him. He does the washing. He does the cleansing. He does the binding. He brings us in. There is nothing really that that I did to earn it. I'm not worthy of that. But he brings us in, in this oneness, in this unity with him. And then he gives us the body of Christ, that we can also have others that run this race with us. It's amazing what the Lord does. Go to 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Towards the end of this book, Paul's last letter to the Thessalonian church, he's going to give him this. He says, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. And understanding now what peace means, I can look at this and say, Paul's not saying not to go through difficult times, not to preach with boldness, not to have some trials. He's saying, look, may the God of unity, soundness, restoration, completeness, may him himself be with you in every walk of your life. If you're going through a trial, if you're having a difficult time in your body, if you're having problems with finances, we're having problems selling a house, having problems buying a house, having problems moving, having trouble on the job, trouble with the kids, in every way you go, may the Lord himself Be complete and whole and sound in your life so that you can go and face these things 100% in the Lord, ready in His bond of unity, togetherness. What a farewell letter. What an amazing thing that Paul is praying and instructing the church in that God bless us in every way with this peace. When Moses is laying down the laws in Exodus, He's trying to make these things right with one another by restoring them. There's something lacking that needs to be restored. In Christ, we are restored to God himself. He himself is peace. Adam and Eve were completely provided for in the garden. Total provision. They are living shalom. They are walking with the Lord. They know the Lord. i got to believe Eve knows the Lord too because when the Lord comes himself, women and men are coming to the Lord. They're filled with his spirit in the upper room. It's not just men. It's, it's the church. There, there's women that know the Lord. I believe Eve knew the Lord. But Adam specifically walked with him, and, but they had jobs to do in the garden. They tended the garden. They had jobs. They worked. Adam and Eve are not with an absence of conflict. There is a snake in the garden. Yet they are at total peace and and totally provided for. They are complete in God. They know who he is. They know who they are in the Lord. But something happened in the day-to-day work. They stopped looking for the snake. They probably loved the tranquility and the peace they had and everything's provided for, but, but somebody wasn't looking for the snake. Adam was not protecting the garden like he should have. Eve was not ready to face the seduction of the enemy. She wasn't ready when he brought to her that the forbidden fruit, that the the knowledge of good and evil, that tree that, that she should not have ate from, she wasn't prepared. See, there is a conflict to be aware of. And we're seeking God's peace and and the fruit of the Spirit, and we want God to fill us, but 
if we just get busy with the day-to-day and we go to church and, 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 and yes, we've got a relationship with God on Sundays and maybe on Wednesdays, but, but we don't get on our knees before the Lord during the week and, and we, don't, we don't sing to Him during the week and we don't talk to Him during the week and, and we just kind of put in that, Adam walked with God in, in, in the spirit of the evening, but what was he doing all day? Because the snake got in and he wasn't ready. So even though we get to a point of peace in the Lord, and we know God's working for us, and, and He's providing, and, and God is making a way. He's finally selling the house, Sarah. Finally it goes. Chadley, all that work. And, and Isaac and Desert, it's finally an escrow. And God's doing these things for us. God had spoke to me and said, you are still in a battle. And it has nothing to do with the physical things. I'm glad you're holding me, and you're working day to day, and you're doing these things. But there is a spiritual war raging, and there is a snake. And he is ready to deceive our family, deceive our children, deceive our lives. At every moment, you need to be ready. There is a conflict to be aware of. And in the middle of all of this now, God has restored himself and us fully. Full restoration in Christ. This is what I find amazing. You you can be fully prepared because you are victorious in one place, in Jesus. With God in you, with the Lord in you, the peace himself in you, you are complete. You have every tool you need to fight this conflict, but you just got to be ready. You got to be one with him. You can't find your life in this world. You have to always lose it and find it in the Lord. But there's this restoration. It's the rebirth. It's being born again. The old nature passes away. I'm a new creation filled with the Lord. I am convinced that Adam and Eve did not take the spiritual threat seriously. I am convinced today that most of Christian America is not taking the threat seriously. I don't think the church is taking the threat that the enemy has given to this country seriously. I think there's churches all over this country that are preaching a gospel as if they've got all the peace they need and they're just tending a garden. And they're not seeing the snake, and they're not keeping it out, and they're not preaching against anything, and they're not setting the line. They're not preaching the standards. They're not calling people to a total rebirth in the Lord. And and while they're sleeping, and while they're busy, and while they're tending, the enemy is distracting and seducing and destroying the people around us. Jesus did not come to bring wholeness to this world. He did not come to restore the earth to a perfect place of peace. Not with culture, not with family, not with friends, but he came to restore you and me and the church to a walk in God where he is in you and you are in him and there is a oneness and a unity in the bond of peace that comes in the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we stay in Christ, we are whole in him. Amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Pastor. Amen.